episode 51 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. And a bit of a slower news week in the sports world this week. Obviously, the pandemic rolls on. The uh, continuing stories of positive and negative uh, really stories around the continuing fight against social injustice and, and things like that continue to be the background for what's going on and the foundation for a lot of the things that are going on in the sports world at the moment. Obviously, in the sports world in particular, it's about getting back. It's about trying to get games back up and running. There are dates to do that for the NBA, but we can't help but also include the things that a lot of people are fighting for and fighting against, fighting against COVID-19 and fighting for Black Lives Matter and other very worthy causes. So it's the backdrop that continues. Uh, We want to make sure that you guys continue to be aware of that as the weeks go on, as the years go on, really. But as long as we keep getting to do this podcast every week and we're grateful to be able to do that, we want to keep reminding you about those important things when we can and when we definitely should. Uh, as much as we can, continue to keep you in the loop on those kind of things and how they continue to impact sports. But as far as the leagues themselves, as far as the Knicks, there's really only a couple of topics as far as the Knicks are concerned this week. And then a fresh segment that I'm going to pop off in the second uh, side of the show, the second half of the show, breaking down the top underrated performances from the NBA this season, performances that are not getting enough love from some of the top players in the NBA this season. I'll get into that the second half of the show, but first we'll dive into the latest news and notes surrounding those New York Knickerbockers. Uh, We'll get to the draft in a second. A number of people, uh, I get it every week, to be honest with you, ever since I started this podcast, and and people, some people, you know, when when they listen to this show, they, they have come over from my college basketball podcast, uh, which is also on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and things like that. I'll throw a little plug to it, the Flagrantly Foul podcast. If you want to go check out some of the older episodes, they are up. They're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, um, and wherever you get your podcast, TuneIn Radio, things like that. Um, but because of that, because of my connection to college basketball, a lot of people love asking week in and week out about the draft. Um, I want to give my thoughts on that, but I want to really put, you know, just because the draft is still quite a few, uh, you know, it's a few months off still. We're still kind of, you know, we're still trying to see if the season's going to come back successfully first in the NBA before we get into the draft stuff, because there's some stuff to talk about. There's some movements, there's some, uh, changes in some of the mock drafts. Seemingly some people are changing their opinion on a couple of players. I will dive in on some of the uh, some of that stuff in a second. Let's start with the Knicks coaching search. And the reason we start here is because it's getting murkier and murkier by the day with the Knicks coaching search. I go back and forth on this with people on social media, in my personal life, people that are NBA fans, people who are Nick, uh, Nick fans, who are friends of mine. They love chiming in about the Knicks head coaching search. And basically, it's getting... The the water continues to get muddied with this surge because, again, there's the core group, right? There's the core three that the Knicks were definitely interested in, the top three, if you will. It seemed like Tom Thibodeau was the favorite, Kenny Atkinson a close second, and then the Knicks were also going to look at interim head coach Mike Miller. But... New names have emerged, and they seem to be emerging day after day. And the newest, uh, the newest hot ticket right now for the Knicks is Will Hardy, the Spurs assistant, who now all of a sudden uh, is going to get permission to speak to the Knicks. Or I should say the Knicks get permission to speak to him. So, uh, listen, it's... I go back and forth on this. First of all, here's some information on Will Hardy. Will Hardy has served as the coach for the Spurs Summer League team 
Uh, from 2015 to 2018. And was the on the Team USA staff last summer as well for the FIBA World Cup. I just want to I just want to make sure I'm right on that because Greg Popovich does tend to bring his staff along with some of this stuff, but it's just it's interesting that all of a sudden he's he's got an interview. And, and the other thing is, you know, Leon Rose, you know, again, it, it has brought up Tom Thibodeau, Kenny Atkinson. Remember, Mike Woodson was back in the mix last week as well. It just seems like, well, there's there's two things here. One one of the things that I'm reading is specifically Will Hardy. Leon Rose apparently seems to be, this is debatable, looking for the Popovich next great Popovich coaching tree guy. Um. Aime Udoka, and apologies if I mispronounced that, apparently is also reportedly in line for an interview. So there's names all over the place coming out of the woodwork. Udoka spent seven years on Popovich's staff before leaving last summer for the Philadelphia 76ers. There's a source, this is according to Newsday, that said, this is all according to Newsday, by the way, that Becky Hammond, who served on uh, Greg Popovich's staff, for the last six years, could also get an interview. Mike Miller, of course, is going to get an interview as well. So it's name after name that's being thrown into the mix here. Um, there's also, by the way, two other assistant coaches who are reportedly in the mix for an interview as well. Chicago Bulls assistant coach Chris Fleming and Orlando Magic assistant coach Pat Delaney. Um who else wants an interview? Holy smokes. It's incredible. I think I just rattled off almost 10 names there. Actually, I think I did almost, I think exactly, almost, if not 10, just about 10 names. This is insane, in my opinion. Now, apparently, according to Newsday, the Knicks are expected to complete the coaching process, uh, the hiring process for a coach, I should say, before the restart of the NBA season. So before July 30th, a little over a month from now, a month and about a week and a half, two weeks away, the Knicks will have a head coach. So that'll be fun. <laughs> Here's what worries me. And I, and I alluded to this when Mike Woodson's name came up last week. But now that more and more and more names, it's almost one or two a day coming out. And Leon Rose is interested in these guys. This is a big problem for me. I don't like this. I don't like the way this is being handled. If you know who your top guy is, go get your top guy. I I get you want to be thorough. I get you want to make sure you, you assess all the options. I get you have time to assess all of the options. It's a pandemic easy easy to reach a lot of these people no one's going anywhere if they know what's good for them right now uh, you know as far as you know doing it and doing it safely a lot of people are choosing to stay home which is the right thing if you can afford to so or if you want to participate in the protest again that's different but these people are easy to get a hold of is the bottom line here and i get that part of it i had a, a number of people tell me well if they can you know what well they're just do he's just doing his job. I had three people tell me that a couple days ago. He's just doing his job. I said, you know what his job is? His job is to get the right head coach. And the more you muddy the water, the more people you interview, the less likely the Knicks are gonna be a hundred percent confident in who they bring in. I I it's just <sighs> It's, it's why certain jobs only bring in a few finalists, right? It's why certain jobs only bring in people they know or people they've connected with or networked with or things like that. Part of that reason, it's not always the right thing to do because you want the right guy and sometimes the guy you know is not the right guy. But it's about sticking to your guns. It's about putting down the flag. It's about making a statement. This to me says, in my opinion, I'm not sure if the top guys on our list want this job. 
And if they don't, these are the backup options. And I said this last week, and to be honest with you, maybe besides Becky Hammond, I don't love a lot of these backup options, I gotta say. I don't love them. Mike Woodson, what? What are we thinking here? And, And everyone else that's been mentioned outside of Atkinson, Thibodeau, and Miller have no head coaching experience in the NBA. Obviously throwing Woodson into that category. Zero. At least it's not Derek Fisher. These guys have coaching experience, but no head coaching experience in the NBA. This is where things could really get bad early on in Leon Rose's tenure. I'm leaning back in my chair right now because I'm just... It stresses me out talking about it. I, I, I don't know if this is the right way to do this. All of a sudden, you've got 10 guys lined up for this interview... And what are you going to do? Like, I I get that you need to make sure you've got backup options. I know you have to make sure you've got a failsafe. I I mean, even saying that, even saying that is frustrating to me. It's frustrating. If Tom Thibodeau, Kenny Atkinson, and Mike Miller are your guys, interview them and offer one of them the job. Like, that's, that's my thought. That's my thought. According to reports, at least the last couple of weeks, Tom Thibodeau's been the favorite. Leon Rose likes Tom Thibodeau. He likes Kenny Atkinson, and he's going to give Mike Miller a chance. I get that you want to have backup options. I get that you want to do... You want to fail safe, you know, just in case, and blah, blah. If, If you've talked to Tom Thibodeau, and he wants the job, for God's sakes, offer him the job. The sooner you get him in, the better. There's there's a lot of work to do here. I, I don't think people realize that. Even before the pandemic, people are not really realizing. There's a sense of urgency here. You need to find the next head coach as soon as possible. And, it, and to be honest with you guys, if this takes till July 30th, if we're sitting here a month from now and it's July 18th, and there's no head coach. This is a big misstep right off the bat from Leon Rose. Because this decision likely makes or breaks his early tenure, if not the whole darn thing, as Nick's president. And I get it. You could then go back to, well, that no wonder he's you know, uh, interviewing all these people. He wants to make sure he's got his man. Well, if he's got his man, or if he's got his shortlist then take those interviews. And if you're fine, if you're satisfied, who cares if Chris Fleming's interested? Who cares if Pat Delaney is interested? Will Hardy, you've got Tom Thibodeau. That's the thing that just, I, I get frustrated about it. I don't get it. Kenny Atkinson is interested. Then interview Kenny Atkinson, like get it done. I, listen, I can see it from, from a little bit on the other side, but I just get frustrated because it's time and time again. Well, these are the guys we want. We want Mark Jackson. We want Jeff Van Gundy. Well, you know, they're not interested. You know, we, we need a backup option, blah, blah, blah. Get your number one guy. If you can get him, then get him. Don't waste any time. You know, the Orlando was I'm sure the Orlando assistant, Pat Delaney's doing a great job. But you've got Tom Thibodeau, Kenny Atkinson sitting in front of you. If they're interested, hire one of them. I again I just I feel like it just gets overcomplicated sometimes with the with the way the Knicks handle this stuff. And I go back to this. As soon as I saw Mike Woodson's name come up, I, I immediately paused. I immediately thought, well, that, that's weird. They just said Tom Thibodeau is a strong favor last week. Kenny Atkinson and Mike Miller are going to get interviewed. Why is Mike... That, that's a good... You know, my, my thought was, 
those are three guys right there that would be decent options. You know, Mike Miller's the the, the, the really the third wheel there. But that's a decent list right there, if not a good list. Why are we, like, hiring Mike Woodson, I, I mean, again, that's, that's like, uh, it's almost like George Steinbrenner rehiring Billy Martin and then firing him again and then rehiring again, him again. Why do we keep doing this? What are we, what are we doing here? It's a small team mentality. And I get it. You know, the Knicks job, not attractive. But clearly, Tom Thibodeau and Kenny Atkinson have interest here. And based on what could be available as far as NBA jobs, the Knicks look better than some of the other jobs. I get I get the James Dolan factor, believe me, more than ever, I get it. But if we're talking basketball... There are a couple of teams that the Knicks are slightly ahead of because there is a young group here developing. Some good, some bad. And if one of those top guys is there, what is Leon Rose waiting for? What are you doing? The more names come out, the more I get worried. The more I get worried, the more I think the Knicks are going to screw it up and this, and one of those names is going to be the next head coach, and we're going to be stuck in this same loop again. And if you're not thinking that, you're not a Nick fan. That's the bottom line. It's the bottom line. I I hope Leon Rose figures this out. To be honest with you, part of me thinks he, he still will figure this out. Because I because again, I get part of the argument here that he wants to make sure he's got the right guy, and he's interviewing anyone he thinks has a shot of being a good head coach for the New York Knicks. I understand where you're coming from there. But I keep going back to this. It's all—it's like the NFL. If you've got two good quarterbacks, you got no good quarterbacks. If you've got 10 great candidates for a GM, guess what? You don't have a GM. And if you have 10 good head coaching opportunities or, or, or interviewees, you don't have a head coach. You still got to make a decision. So it comes down to, can Leon Rose make the right choice? Is he going to fumble the bag? What is he going to do here? I, 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 I honestly, I get worried more and more I read about it. I get worried more and more I read about it. The more names that come up, the more reports that I read, I, I get more and more worried that Leon Rose is already in some trouble here. Tom Thibodeau's the favorite. I mean, that, that was something I read even yesterday. But for some reason, these other uh, other candidates are being considered. And I just go, why? Why are they being considered? I, I don't know. I'll give you a little bit of draft here before the break. Um, all of a sudden, kind of out of nowhere... A lot of, I think at least two or three, if memory serves. Some of this has changed, actually, from the last time I looked at it, uh, which is pretty normal this time of year when no one has anything to do uh, in general. But now, of course, there's a pandemic, so really no one has anything to do at the moment. But all of a sudden, uh, the Knicks' top pick is looking a lot different, according to a lot of different mock drafts than when we last talked. Tyrese Halliburton was the flavor of the of the week a couple of weeks ago um it has flipped around a little bit now all of a sudden uh the shooting guard Devin Vassell from Florida State a couple of uh, mock drafts have the Knicks taking him sixth overall which would make zero sense uh this makes no sense to me at all unless you're flipping him into a point guard but then I would I would say this you got three other good point guard prospects that you could easily take who are ready to go and are much uh, further along in some cases than Devin Vassell. Um, I look at Tyrese Halliburton. I look at Cole Anthony. I even, I'd even dip down a little bit further. I know he's a little bit out of the range of uh, of where the Knicks would be picking, but R.J. Hampton would be available possibly as well. Uh, and then again with that second first round pick, 
Right now, according to a couple different mock drafts, it looks like the Knicks would go for a big man. The most popular one I've seen has been Jalen Smith this week from Maryland. I like him. I got to see Jalen Smith quite a bit last year. He was on a good Maryland team that won a share of the Big Ten Championship last season um, under a coach who is uh, a good coach, not a great coach, um, in Mark Turgeon. Uh, to be fair, he's produced some NBA players. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I, you know, college-wise, there's a little bit of a murkiness there. There's a couple other options here for the Knicks at 25, which is where they sit at the moment. Again, if they want to go in a different different way in the first pick, which I think is a dumb decision, I think you go point guard or bust with that top five, top ten, top five pick potentially, depending on where the Knicks land. There's a couple of point guard options towards the end of the first round that the Knicks could look at. I mentioned um, a couple last week, I think. Uh, Jamius Ramsey from Texas Tech is certainly one. Also, and he's actually fallen a little bit on a couple of boards, I think. Um, Or has he? Let me see. He might have actually gone up. Let me take a look. Um, A player that I like a lot. Uh, let me see if he moved up or moved down this week. Looked like he moved down, actually. Yeah, he did. Emmanuel quickly, out of Kentucky, has moved down quite a bit into the second round uh, this week. I I think he could be a first round pick. I I, I know the board has shifted a little bit, but I, I think and, and actually this this mock draft has the Knicks taking him in the early second round. That'd be a steal. I think the Knicks would feel great if they could take quickly thirty eighth overall early in the second round. Maybe save some money on him, but. I would take him 25th. I, I think he's that good. A um, couple other options that I think the Knicks would really uh, should really consider. I've mentioned a couple of these guys before. Sadiq Bey from Villanova could be a late first-round guy, early second-round guy who could be a nice fit for what the Knicks are looking for. He's, he's more of a wing player, but can do it all. He can handle the ball. He can pass. He's got good vision, good shooting stroke, can defend. 6'8", 215". I think he's a really good, complete player. The Knicks could have as a second player in this draft. That'd be a nice uh, pick to get some balance of talent on the roster. Devon Dotson's another one. He's a point guard. That could be an interesting option for the Knicks as well. And, and then when you're looking late, uh, sorry, early second round, if Quickly's there, I'd take him in a heartbeat, but I don't think he'll be there. And, and then I think you'd have to look for talent slash upside and I think I, I I at the moment there's two guys that pop out to me I think Cassius Stanley from Duke you bolster the guard positions again he's a shooting guard 65 is a leaper can jump out of the gym good basketball IQ really strong uh freshman at Duke freshman season at Duke last year has a little bit of growth to do filling into his body but has a lot of upside. I think he could turn out to be a really good NBA player. Um, Another Duke kid, I don't know if the Knicks will need him at this point. Hopefully by this point the Knicks have a point guard, but Trey Jones is a decent second-round option as well at the point guard position, as is Malachi Flynn from that uh, San Diego State team that almost went unbeaten last season. A couple other reaches here. Uh, I like Jordan Wara a lot. I don't think the Knicks would be the right fit for him. If I'm being honest, I think he needs to go to an organization that's a little bit more uh, successful, <laughs> for lack of a better term, further along. You know, he he's he needs to be a role player his first year, not necessarily the the part of a draft class that's going to change a franchise. I think he's going to turn into a really good role player in the NBA. But for right now, you know, if you went to a team like maybe Portland, maybe Indiana. Maybe even Oklahoma City, you know, those are the kind of teams that I think if they take Jordan Wara, they would feel really good about their pick. He's a nice puzzle piece to fit in, and in a season or two could be big for what that team is trying to do. Honestly, you know, if the Knicks were a little bit lower, I'd throw a couple more names out like Marcus Howard and Cassius Winston and Miles Powell and Ashton Higgins and players like that, but the Knicks are so high now, like, for at the moment, those names are not really on the table. You know, the Knicks could be, you know, probably again, they're probably going to be right around 38 if memory serves. So that's got to be, those are the options right now. Again, the board has moved a lot even the last week. There's no question about that. You know, first round picks have become second round picks. Second round picks have become first round picks. 
lottery picks have dropped out of the lottery top five picks are now out of the lottery it's it's crazy right now with what's going on um the number one pick has changed i think six times in the last month it feels like every time i look at these mock drafts there's a different number one overall pick uh it seems like it's been changing between anthony edwards ob toppin and Lamelo ball with every once in a while somebody being funny and putting james wiseman up there as the top prospect in the nba draft so it, it's just crazy what's going on right now much like the world we live in at the moment for me again i'll say this until the draft i know he's falling for some reason on draft board i think it's ridiculous that this kid is falling cole anthony's the pick for me he's the pick i think if, he, if you're here's my here's my concession here if the Knicks are outside of the top three, again, they could move up as high as number one. There's a chance the Knicks could still get the number one overall pick. It's, sl- it's a small chance, but it's still a possibility. If the Knicks get outside of the top three, you have to take Cole Anthony. I think he's the he's the number one guy for me. The Knicks need a point guard. He, in my opinion, is the best point guard you can reasonably get. LaMelo Ball's in that conversation as well, but if the Knicks don't get in the top three, they're not going to get him. So if they're in the top three, LaMelo Ball is the pick. But if they're not, much more likely, it it has to be Cole Anthony, in my opinion. There's not many other... I mean, again, Tyrese Halliburton is probably the other option for me. But for me, it's Cole Anthony. I think Cole Anthony's the pick here. It makes the most sense. Certainly where the Knicks are at six, I think it'd be a perfect pick to put there late first round again and this is where i've been the whole time if you nail that first pick it's it's fair game in the second in, in the late first round you've added this pick you can now get just talent just get a really talented player almost irregardless of position again i think the only position i'd stay away from is, from is probably power or really center but i'd, I'd stay away from a jalen smith you know, I'd look more at a combo guard like a Ramsey or a small forward like Sadiq Bay, maybe even a Tyler Bay out of Colorado. Pretty sure no relation, by the way, on that one. I think a wing player there would be a phenomenal pick for the Knicks or a combo guard. I, I think either one of those would be great. Then in the, in the second round, again, if you nail those first two picks, you really just are looking for talent. And if Emmanuel quickly is there, I think you take him in a heartbeat. It would be a steal to take him early in the second round. Cassius Stanley is somebody. I uh, hope I didn't say Cassius Winston. I said Cassius Winston later on, but it's Cassius Stanley, the kid out of Duke, who I'm interested in there as well, just to just make sure there's no confusion there. And then there's a couple of other guys, if the, if the Knicks would be lower or maybe slightly higher to look at. Slightly higher, you're looking at a Devon Dotson. Slightly lower, you're looking at maybe a Jordan Noira maybe a Trey Jones or a Malachi Flynn. And then, and then there's really not, you know, then, then there's a kind of a big drop-off. And then the Knicks would be looking at Ashton Hagens, Marcus Howard, Cassius Winston, and then probably Miles Powell after that. So those are the guys right now that, that the Knicks should be looking at, in my opinion, for this NBA draft. I mean, there's just, I've said it time and time again, those are the options, whether or not Leon Rose... Nails that first pick with a point guard is, remains to be seen, obviously. But again, for me, the Knicks win the draft with a point guard like Cole Anthony in the first round with the first pick for me. And then you look to improve and get depth and talent on the roster with the other two picks and then just hit a home run with those other two picks. And then we'll see. Listen, obviously, statistically, the, the Knicks you know, will mess this up, but that's that's partly joking of course but you look at that first pick and you got to nail that pick you just have to you have to nail that pick and i think nailing that pick for me is cole anthony it's cole anthony if you get in the top three then we'll talk anthony edwards we'll talk lamello ball and we'll talk about uh ob toppin but for right now you know the knicks are not looking like they're going to be in the top three so we'll see but those are the guys to look at for the time being as the draft uh day by day gets slightly uh closer to our attentions during this break from basketball i'll take a break right here when we come back we're talking about the underrated performances in the nba this season my top five underrated performances of the nba season so far with a couple of honorable mentions 
That and more breaking it all down next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Back after a quick break. Since we've got time to talk about this, you know, this is probably the best time to do a segment like this. And I might be doing some of these going forward if you like these and want to talk about things like this uh, leading into the restart of the NBA season. Of course, the Knicks are not going to be involved. They're done. Their season is over. So with the NBA segment of the show, we're kind of diving into what we're basically looking forward to watching. And these are players that some you've definitely heard of before. There's no question about that. But these are players that have had phenomenal seasons that deserve some recognition that are probably not being talked about enough or not being appreciated enough for what they're doing this season and if memory serves at the list i made uh all of these guys are going to be playing in the restart so you're going to be seeing these guys back at it i think there might be one exception uh on the list to that actually as I take a look at the NBA standings, so I think there's one guy on the list who's had a phenomenal year, but I don't think the team that he plays for are going to be involved in the restart. That's correct. So there's one exception to that rule, but everybody else you'll be able to see. Uh, and we'll give a little postmortem on that one player who's had a phenomenal year that no one really is talking about because he plays in a small market and he deserves some recognition. Two quick honorable mentions. Before we get into the top five, right off the bat, I have to throw uh, De'Aaron Fox as one of my honorable mentions. What a fantastic season he's had. Obviously, he's missed some time through injuries. He's only played 45 games this season. However, he's averaging 20 points per game, a career high during his career. He also, his assists are slightly down, uh, down to 6.8 from 7.3 a season ago still has a strong free throw percentage at just over 70 percent but for me you look at the way he's been able to improve his two-point shooting from last season to this season shooting almost 53 percent from two-point range he's been more efficient overall from the field shooting almost 48 percent from the field up from 45 percent last season he's a dynamite player De'Aaron Fox is dynamite. He is quickness personified. He's going to be a stud in two or three seasons, if he even maybe even quicker than that. He he's had three really good seasons, honestly, in the NBA, and I'm excited to see how he finishes his season. He's only 22 years old. Uh, obviously, was a one and done kid out of Kentucky. Lot of talent. Lot of talent. Still a lot of upside. He can turn into a really strong player. He reminds me of Russell Westbrook. And I'm excited to see what his career turns into. He could be a really, really good player. And obviously, um, the three-point shooting down uh, from a season ago, but injuries were certainly part of that. So, I, you know, you can't knock him too much for that. He, I think he missed, uh, again, there's been 62 games. He's played 45. So he's missed 19 games this season, something like that. So... Uh, I'm actually, my math is, uh, my math is actually definitely off on that. Let me take 17 games. So he's missed some time, but he's put up some solid numbers in 45 games. He's a player that not, uh, enough people talk about on that Kings team. I think, you know, you got Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald and other good stars on that team, but De'Aaron Fox is going to be a really good player and he's already making the strides towards that. So I'm excited to see what he does going forward. Doesn't make the top five here, but a worthy honorable mention to bring up on this list. DeMontis Sabonis is my second honorable mention from the Indiana Pacers. This is a guy that's had a little bit of an odd career at times. Again, every year he's played a lot of games. This is his fourth year in the NBA out of Gonzaga, where he had a strong career under Mark Few. But in the first two seasons, in the first you know, as a rookie with OKC... Again, three seasons with Indiana, one year with OKC is his rookie year. Played 66, uh, sorry, started started 66 of the 81 games he played. Then Indiana, he kind of had to switch things up. He played 74 games, 74 games in his first two years. Combined, though, over those first two years, only started 24 games. Now he is a stalwart on this roster. He's an all-star this year. He's, his points per game up by four points per game. His rebounds per game are up by three 
this season, and he's up by 2.1 assists per game this year. I'd argue, I even argue, I went back and forth on this one because he's had a, he's, 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 uh, pardon me, his improvements have been phenomenal, but his three-point percentage is way, way down from last year. He shot 53% from three last year. Two years before that, 35%, and then 32% the season before that. He's down to a career-low 25% from three this year. So not everything has gone up, but the most important stats for him, the scoring and the rebounding, are up because of that one little knock. That was kind of the difference maker. So I put him as an honorable mention, but this kid is going to be a stud in this league for years to come. And it's exciting to see him grow with a very nice core in Indianapolis with the Indiana Pacers. They're going to be a team to watch when the season resumes and when next season gets going, 2020, 2021 as well. So excited to see how he develops going forward. Top five underrated performances so far the season again when i say that we're talking the full picture of the nba season so far number five is an elder statesman a man that has been talked about more in a leadership role with this team but deserves more credit than that and a guy at his age you might not be expecting to put up the kind of numbers this guy's putting up and be a, as as crucial of a piece to this team as he has been. Although, to be fair, almost everywhere he's gone in his career, he's been a big-time player and been important to the roster. And it's 34-year-old George Hill with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's having another great season. And listen, the Bucks would not be where they are without him. I mean, there's just no denying that. He's averaging almost 10 points per game. This is a guy that's also getting some steals. He's getting some assists. He's rebounding the ball as well. But it's been what he's done from the field that has been just incredible. George Hill, this season in the NBA, is shooting 53% from the floor. That's a career high at 34 years old. This guy has played everywhere in his career. This is his 12th season in the NBA. And he's shooting the best percentage he's ever shot from the field. It gets better. George Hill is shooting 48% from three-point land this season. Not only is that by far the best percentage of his career, it leads the NBA. He's the best three-point shooter statistically in the NBA this season, and he's 34 years old. This guy's unbelievable. He he, he is the Frank Gore of the NBA. And if he keeps playing, if, if he plays a couple more years, he might outdo what Frank Gore's doing. Because this guy is on big-time teams every year, and he's a big reason the Bucks are where they are this season. It's, it's impressive. It really is. And the fact that he's close to his career average in points, close to his career average in rebounds and assists, and he's got the best field goal and three-point shooting numbers of his career, and by the way, is still shooting 83% from the line. And this guy's just a big-time player. It, just, it, it almost doesn't matter where he plays. He's just a big-time player. And... He does. This guy deserves to be talked about more. It's unbelievable how he, how at times, you know, again, inside the NBA has kind of been the only guys that have talked about him this year. It seems like, but George Hill has been a fantastic piece to this Milwaukee Bucks puzzle this season, and you should be you should really be taking a closer look at what he means to this Bucks team. Even though Giannis is going to be an MVP candidate this season. This guy is number four on my list. You could argue he shouldn't be on this list at all, but because of the team he plays for, because of how that team has performed this season, although you will see him in Orlando, most likely. You'll at least see his team in Orlando. Bradley Beal is number four on my list from the Washington Wizards. 
And I think that, again, you first, first things first, you look at the numbers, and he's having the best season of his career. It's not even close. He's averaging almost 31 points per game. His rebounds are up by 0.2, and his assists are up by over 2 per game to 6.1 this season from his career average. His career field goal, per shooting, uh, field goal percent shooting is up, and his three-point shooting, I think, is slightly down, but his three-point uh, free-throw shooting, I should say, is up, and his per is also up by five points over his career average. This guy's having a phenomenal year on a team that's going to get to this 22-team playoff format, hoping to, to take the magic out of that eighth seed. With what's happened to this roster over the last few years, the injury to John Wall, the, the trading of Otto Porter Jr., the moving around of this roster, where it, it's, it looks completely different than it did even a couple of years ago when, when Bradley Beal was an all-star. By the way, Bradley Beal, not an all-star this year. Holy smokes, people. What were you thinking? This is what I'm talking about. You know, just flying under the radar for some of you guys. This guy did not even make the all-star team this year. And he's shoving it right back in your face, is what he's doing. And he said that publicly, that that's what he's going to be doing the rest of the season, is showing you all how wrong you are for not putting this guy on the All-Star team. That's what he's doing. Second in the league in scoring behind James Harden. And this guy could single-handedly put Washington in that final playoff format when it's all said and done. He's just having a phenomenal year, and I can't wait to see how it finishes for him. I think he's only missed four or five games this year as well. It's been durability amongst a team that's either riddled with injuries or trading away all their guys. Bradley Beal is carrying this team by himself almost. It's incredible to watch this guy play. He's underappreciated this season in the NBA, and he's averaging 30 bleeping points per game. Give Bradley Beal the respect he deserves, people. Unbelievable. And again, the reason he's not higher on the list is because his numbers are, they're up, but the next three guys, they've come completely out of nowhere and they're still not getting some respect. So, Bradley Beal's fourth, you could argue he's higher on the list, or you could argue, again, there's a little bit of an argument for lower, but you could argue he should be higher than fourth on the list. People got to give that guy more respect. It's unbelievable what he's done for the Wizards with the, with the way that organization is run and with the way the roster is currently constructed. It's amazing the Wizards are even where they're at right now, and it's basically all because of that kid. And Bradley Beal, kid out of Florida, phenomenal NBA player, and he's going to be getting better, hopefully, the next couple of years as well. He's got a couple of really good years, hopefully, upcoming for him, and we'll see if he's on good teams when he has those years. So only time will tell for that. But we move on to number three on the list, and he's getting talked about in the NBA, I think, in NBA circles, but... I don't think people realize like where this guy was last year. I don't think people realize that this was a kid that was kind of struggling at times in his first two years in the NBA, but now it's all clicked for him. Everything has gotten where it needs to be, and in one year, he's transformed himself into one of the best front court players in the NBA, and that man is Miami Heat's own Bam Adebayo. Kentucky, another Kentucky kid makes the list, and Bam Adebayo is having a phenomenal season. He's an all-star this year, rightfully so. 16.2 points per game is almost double what he had last year. He's up in his assists. He's up in his steals. He's up in his blocks. He's up in total rebounds. By the way, assists, he's more than doubled his assist total on average from last year, up to five assists per game. Dude is is having an unbelievable year for Miami. I think, you know, you look at even his free throw percentage is slightly down, but you look at the rest of it and field goal percentage because of the the fact that he's taken more shots, the fact that it's only gone down a few points is incredible. And his efficiency hasn't missed a game by the way this season, I believe. So it's incredible. He's played 65 games out of 65. I think I said Sabonis had played all the games. He'd only played 62. So, Bam Adebayo, 65 games this season. He's been there every game. I got to see him live a couple times this year. So natural. So naturally gifted on the court. Deserves more respect. He's having a phenomenal year. 
for the Miami Heat. And it's going to be a cornerstone for years to come on that with that franchise. Number two on my list is a guy you're not going to see in Orlando. His season is over. And it's a shame because he's having an unbelievable year. A guy that's not being talked about nearly enough. Arguably should be number one on the list. But he's number two. And he's a guy that needs to get more respect around the NBA. And it's former Kansas guard, second year player, Devontae Graham for the Charlotte Hornets. Who's having really an unbelievable year considering what happened in his rookie year. Rookie year for Devontae Graham was a bit of a struggle. He only played 46 games. He only started three of those games. Only played 15 minutes a game, actually slightly under 15 minutes a game last season. Under five points per game, under a steal per game, under three assists per game, under two rebounds per game. Numbers were relatively down. Didn't play a whole lot. But this season in Charlotte, he's played 63 games, 53 starts, 35 minutes per game. His three-point shooting is up from a season ago to 37%. You look at what he's done at the free throw line, up to 82% from 76%. And he's averaging 18 points per game this season after averaging under 5 points per game a season ago. Steals are up by .5. His blocks are up from last year, for God's sake. He's averaging 5 more assists than he averaged last season. As well, and his rebounds are up by 2 as well from last season. I am really, really impressed for two big reasons with Devontae Graham. Number one, he's undersized. He's six foot one. He he's a he's a small kid for an NBA guard. There's no question about that. For this NBA, he's a small guard. No question about it. But he's making it happen. Number two, this guy was given up on after he graduated from Kansas. Nobody thought this guy was gonna make it in the NBA. Very few thought that he was gonna get out of the G League. And look what he's doing with the Charlotte Hornets. He's arguably their second best player. What a year Devontae Graham has had. What an improvement from last year to this year. And not enough people are talking about it. Because Charlotte is Charlotte. And they're no good. And yeah, they used to have Kemba Walker. Now Terry Rozier runs that place. you you got to give Devontae Graham his due. And he's having an unbelievably good season and he needs more more positives thrown his way because he's just been phenomenal. And it's a shame we're not going to see him finish this season out. It really is. Number 1, you might have guessed where I would uh, where I was going with this. But for me, because I know a little bit about his story, I've followed him a little bit since his time at Michigan in college because of where he could have been at this point in his career and where he where he is in this at this point in his career. After the season he had last year as a rookie, Duncan Robinson's number one on this list. And and there's just no doubt in my mind. Top five three-point shooter this season as a sophomore player out of Michigan with the Miami Heat. He has started 60 of the 65 games that he's played this year with Miami. He's been durable. His shooting percentage is way up. And he's shooting 44.8% from three. He's up 10 points per game from last year. He's up over an assist per game from last year. And he's up two rebounds a game from last year as well. His free throw percentage, by the way, last year was awful. He shot under 67% from the charity stripe last year. Now he's one of the best uh, free throw shooters, I should say, not just three-point shooters. Free throw shooters in the NBA at 90.6%. The dude has figured it out, and he's become, again, field goal percentage, by the way, also, again, most of them are threes, to be fair, so keep that in mind, but 46% from the field as well. Seen him live a couple of times with Miami. Probably one of the best shooting strokes I've seen in the NBA in a few years. It's, it's, It's so quick, it's so fluid, it's so natural, and if he keeps this up, he's gonna be around for a long time in the NBA. The Miami Heat are just figuring it out with these youngsters going forward. And I don't think that Duncan Robinson is getting enough respect league-wide. I think if you know the Miami Heat, you know who he is. I think if you know the NBA pretty well, you know who he is. But 
wider than that, not many people are talking about this kid. And you should be reminded of how good of a season this kid is having. That's kind of what this list is. It's a reminder of some of the best performances from this season that really nobody's talking about. And I, I think that that's got to be number one. He's just he's come out of nowhere. He could have been an accountant at this point easily, but he kept his NBA dream alive. And Duncan Robinson is turning into one of the best three-point shooters in the league right now. And in the future, he's probably going to be the league's best three-point shooter in, a, in maybe two years' time. It's impressive. It's really a great rise from a guy that nobody thought was going to be a good college player, believe it or not, to nobody thinking this kid's going to be a good NBA player. Nobody thinks this kid's going to even get out of the G League, maybe not even get to the G League. And now he's one of the Miami Heat's most important players, and you're going to see him on in full display when the league resumes on July 31st. Let me know what you think of the list. Uh, let me know who you think should be on the list. Should I have taken somebody off? Of course, a couple of honorable mentions to consider in the in this debate as well. Underrated players who are having seasons that should be talked about or you should be reminded of before the season kicks back off late July on July 30th. Let me know if you keep want, if you want more of these top five lists. Let me know. Send it my way. Send, send me some ideas. Send me your thoughts. What do you think? Uh, and I will take that into consideration. If I can come up with some more of these, I definitely will. I'm a big list guy. I don't mind diving back into it. Thanks for diving back into the show this week. You guys are awesome. You guys keep coming back week in and week out. It is much appreciated. Hope you're staying safe. Hope you're well during this difficult time in our country's history. Continue to enjoy some of the time you have when you get it. Try to spend some time with your family. And don't worry, the NBA is coming back. It's just around the corner. Even though the Knicks won't be there, it's kind of a blessing in disguise that. I'm excited for the basketball to be coming back in just over a month's time. Hopefully the other sports will come back with it as well. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. And I will see you guys next week on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.